Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is episode number 61 for October 2015. Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is a show where we get together every month or so and we discuss the things that have been happening in our respective parts of the world. We span a table, well we have a table that spans across the, gro- the globe uh, and today we have me, Patrick Beja from France. We have Turkey who's back uh, almost as usual now from Saudi Arabia. How's it going Turkey? I'm good, I'm good and how's uh, Perry? Paris is excellent. Uh, thank you for, for asking on behalf of my, uh, I was going to say countrymen, but city men and women. Uh, we thank you for your concern. Uh, it, sounds, also, it sounds you're single at the moment. Well, yes, my wife is in <laughs> Finland for the weekend. So I've been watching a lot of uh, Mad Max Fury Road and playing a lot of Dragon Quest Heroes. Both excellent. So You're, you're an addict, definitely an addict. <laughs> Um, we're going to introduce our third guest in just a moment here. But uh, before we do so, I wanted to uh, thank uh, the audience for the very warm reception and kind comments you've posted and sent through Twitter and other memes um, about the previous episode, basically the first uh, special that we did. I, I've been meaning to do that. I wanted to do that for a while. Um, but the previous episode was not a regular one. It was a special where Turkey and I uh, discussed basically everyday life in Saudi Arabia for about an hour, and we covered things that I think we don't really hear about in in the regular media. Um, We discussed things like... uh, how how kids go to school and how the prayer happens throughout the day and what the traffic is like in Riyadh and the kind of thing that you don't usually hear about and sort of a snapshot of a normal day in Saudi Arabia. And I think it's uh, uh, we've achieved the goal we set out to achieve and people have been um, really happy about the outcome. I think a lot of people were uh, thought it was a great way of exploring a place uh, in a way that is not just the tourist's eye or the sensationalist eye. So thank you very much for your comments. If you haven't listened to the show, it's the one just before on the feed, episode 60. And I really encourage you to uh, go listen because uh, if you're interested in that, the kind of thing that come through in this show, that episode sort of amplifies that. So um, thank you again, Turkey, for agreeing to do it. And no problem. Uh, I, I think listeners were happy about it. And now, for today's show, uh, we have another host, uh, Paolo, who's back from, uh, I was going to say Saudi Arabia, from South Africa. (laughs) You have the same initials in the country. (laughs) Thank you, Uh, Patrick. Thank you for having me uh, back on. uh, I'm I'm really happy to to talk to you about some of the world issues that are going on, and uh, hopefully it's a good show. I hope so too. Um, so yes, you're you're back in South Africa. You've been traveling around. You're also uh, you have roots in the uh, in Greece, uh, if I remember correctly. I don't think we're going to be talking about Greece though. That's kind of an old story. Um, but we will have uh, things to talk about from the South African uh, African <laughs> the South African point of view. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. 
Um, but the first topic we're going to discuss is one from uh, my home country, from, from the one I'm living in right now, France. And I, there were, you know, there isn't one huge story that's dominating the news cycle. I mean, if there was one, it might be uh, the migrants' crisis still, um, which I think we've covered extensively. There isn't really anything dramatically different happening. So it's still a very important story. Um, but I think we're going to skip it. And uh, I'm going to talk about something a little bit different, which not only is going to be interesting, I think, to the audience, but also I, I, I was uh, interested in uh, picking as a main story for my uh, topic just because it would make Turkey happy. And that is the story of the aggression of the Air France managers at a uh, local uh, Business uh, uh, company meeting at the beginning of the month. I know that that turkey made you laugh a lot and maybe even cry a little bit. Um, have, yeah, have you, you? You French people are just crazy. <laughs> so you you've heard about this, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think a lot of people have have heard about it. And uh, let me for for those who haven't. Uh, just before we do, though, uh, Paolo, have you heard about it? It actually didn't really make the news here. I'm quite curious as to what happened. So um, let us know exactly uh, what, what happened. It seems as though mm. some disgruntled managers had an issue with so, Air France. Yeah, not exactly. It was, um, it was basically employees, regular employees that were... So, okay, I think it won't be a surprise to anyone that... Um, France is home to a lot of social um, and uh, social. I don't want to say social unrest because there's. It's not really what it is. It's just that social activism might be a better word. Company. I would say a lot of crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll get to that at some point, and I think I want to address that because it certainly seems like those people are kind of crazy, and we have a, a more than one example of that happening in in the past few years. So basically. Um, um, the the uh, uh, not syndicates but unions, which might seem like syndicates sometimes. Uh, the unions are kind of powerful in the country, and at the same time, they're not. And before I get to that, let me explain exactly what happened. So there was a meeting at uh, Air France, which is the big uh, you know uh, transportation company that I think everyone knows. Um, and you had a meeting with managers and high-ranking uh, executives in the company that were discussing the uh, way to move forward, as they usually do. But there was, as they, they there often is, a portion of the meeting that was was um, discussing the a reduction in um, numbers of people working there. There, there was going to be people who might get uh, fired, some people who, uh, who were going to be, basically was downsizing. And it's not uncommon. I mean, the, um, uh, the, the air transportation, the plane companies, uh, industries, industry has been experiencing some difficulties in the past few years. It's uh, the same all over the world. I don't think it's unique to Air France. We have the low-cost companies that are coming in and disrupting the entire market, and it has consequences on the big companies. That's that's pretty clear, pretty obvious. Um, and these issues, not to make you know light of the um, the people that were disgruntled, but 
um, these issues keep coming back and it seems like uh, there's definitely some adaptation needed on the big companies' parts. Um, but anyway, one of those meetings in the beginning of the month uh, was disrupted by a I think by most estimations, it's a few hundred, maybe two or three hundred employees um, basically invading the building where the people were having the meeting and actually physically molesting the um, the, the people, the high ranking executives uh, that were conducting the meeting. There was the um, human resources person that actually got their uh, shirt tore out completely. He was escorted out by security, had to climb a fence uh, to get out of that place because he obviously couldn't go through the, the other way where the employees were. There wasn't any actual serious physical harm that came to the people. You know, they weren't beaten up. There wasn't anything like that, but they were certainly uh, uh, intimidated and they feared for their safety at the point where the aggression happened. Um, and they, they uh, again, they got their shirts uh, tore out because of the, the physical violence of the people invading that meeting. Um, so describing this just like this, I'm going to go, I know Turkey that you're, you can't wait to talk about this, but first reaction, <laughs> first impression, uh, to Paolo, what's your feeling about this? Um, it's interesting because in South Africa, we also have a very, um, unionized outlook on certain, uh, industries and protest is something that's very prevalent in our country as well. So it's interesting. We've, we've also had something not similar, but uh, a major protest that's happened recently. And it's also turned a bit ugly, maybe more ugly than what's happened there and a little bit more serious than a, than a downsizing of Air France. But uh, it's interesting how it gets to that point, I think. How, how do they go from, okay, we're really angry, we're going to be saying something, now we're going to bust in the doors and, and tear off people's shirts. And I mean, what's the end result there? What's the end goal for, for those guys? It's. I think that's an excellent question. Um, I'm going to get to the consequences of this uh, in a, in a little bit, but in order to understand how it can get to that extreme, I think it's very important to understand the makeup of the so, the, the uh, union uh, environment in France. Uh, in France, union, unionization is ironically as you know as socialized as you know the country is very few people are actually in a union. Um, it's very different from one frame of reference is the US. Uh, I know there are you know other countries where actually a lot of people in some um, professions are part of a union. And so what that makes, what that creates is a union that represents a, a much wider scope of the the, the the industry it represents in France since very few people it's not mandatory and very few people actually are part of the union what happens is that um, the makeup of the union is usually mostly the most extreme portions of the employee basis so the the union still negotiates uh, you know the the deals and the contracts for the entire profession but it's held and uh, the stakeholders and the actual people deciding how to do it, how to manage the union, is uh, made up of people that are 
convinced enough about the social importance of those things to be in that union. So it's usually people who are louder than um, the average employee. Now, I don't want to imply that the people who who did those acts were part of the unions. Actually, most of the unions condemned what happened there. It was, it was really... Um, a bunch of extremists maybe you could compare it to hooligans at a at a fo football match um but yeah that usually the unions and the social activism especially on the work uh work portion of social activism uh is very militant in france and that's partly because of that makeup of the unions um uh, turkey what did you You know, again, how was it reported on? Was just enlighten us with your wisdom. My wisdom. Let's see. Well, you French people are crazy, <laughs> and apparently <laughs> the the revolution wasn't enough. You didn't cut enough heads off, so you need to do some more. What, did did you get <laughs> did you get some actual like report? Because I know it's been reported on in many countries. Uh, did it make it to to the Saudi news, or did you get uh, the news from mm, other sources? No, it wasn't Saudi news, but it wasn't a big news, but it was covered. Yeah, of course. So so it was mentioned, and everybody did see it. Uh, most of the coverage I saw was on BBC personally. Uh, And and to be honest, I really don't get you French people because this is not the first time and this is not very unique. I remember you got the Uber thing. Yeah. You got yeah, now you have true. the Air France thing, then you had that uh, factory for uh, tires where yeah. they took hostages, their managers as hostages in the factory. So I really don't get what do you get uh, what do these people actually get out of it when they threaten lives and they do stuff like this? If I was a businessman, honestly, I don't know about French business people, but if I was a businessman in France, I would just shut down the entire business and leave that country immediately. <laughs> if, I'm going, if, if every time I'm going to do something that for me personally is to benefit my own business and I'm going to, my life is going to be threatened, why would I even continue doing business there? And that's really what I don't understand. So I think there is a, a really important <laughs> uh a really important, not even caveat, but explanation to do here. Uh, you're making very broad general, gen generalizations uh, about this whole thing. Um, first of all, the life was probably not threatened. Uh, it was scary, of course, but the lives weren't threatened. Um, and second of all, it's not every time. And I understand that the fact that it happens at all is kind of mind-blowing for a lot of people, but it definitely isn't uh, Patrick, a common occurrence. It's, 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 but, it's not about whether it happens every time, but it is common. It yeah. is common. So, In France, so, it is common. To Turkey's credit, the, I mean... There are other countries that are in the same boat, but it does seem to happen fairly frequently. And maybe it's got to do with the news that's happening in France, and that's really the only thing that's they've got to report on. You know, in, in, in other countries where this might be going on, where you have people protesting, it may not make the top headline because there are other major issues. So I guess the real question is, is this a common thing because there's not major other incidents in, in, in France that they have to report on? No, I think it's definitely, you know, well, it's more common than in other countries because mostly it doesn't happen in other countries. But I think what I want to get at is it's it's a very, it's kind of like looking at the US and 
seeing Donald Trump and thinking, ah, oh, the the you know the politicians in the U.S. are insane. Um, they might very well be, but they're not all like Donald Trump, or you know, okay. even okay. So okay. or Patrick, or let's, wait let's, wait wait. Let yeah. me let me finish just this thought. <laughs> or looking yeah. at Saudi Arabia and yeah. thinking, you know. You have some religious extremists that want to, uh, uh, you know, that want to stone to death every person that does something bad and thinking, well, this is how it is for every Saudi. And and I don't want to, again, I don't, or looking at a social unrest event in South Africa or looking at a neighborhood where things are actually like people don't go because it's dangerous or something and thinking South Africa is a country where no one should want to live, right? So sure. it's not that it doesn't happen. It's not that it's uh, not an issue, but it's Uh, 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 limited in scope and most people aren't like that and most people actually the entire I would say 98% of the political spectrum condemned those actions very strongly and actually there were five people arrested um, on you know in the next in the the four you know two or three days following that event so it's not accepted it's not anything that people think is normal is my so in, 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 let me ask you, in, in your circle of friends or people you know, do you find that people praise them for doing what they're doing and saying, no, they're standing up for what they believe in? It's, is it a mixed thing or is everybody kind of like, no, no, these guys are just out of their mind. They took it way too far. They shouldn't have <laughs> taken it that far. So I think my my usual uh, social environment is relatively uh, high uh, uh, you know, high middle class, roughly. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think my friend are mo- more left, le- uh, right leaning than left leaning. But usually, the the worst you would commonly hear is, well, their situation really sucks, and I understand they're super frustrated, but that doesn't justify what they did. I think that is the most uh, common accepting uh, reaction to that uh, thing. There might be a couple of very extreme communist type people that are going to say, and that actually did say, oh, we talk about the violence towards the managers, but we never talk about the violence, the social violence that those poor employees are being victimized with, with those huge companies that make immense profits and that keep downsizing and keeping all the money to themselves with their golden parachutes. And, you know, that's something you might hear on a very extreme far end of the political spectrum. But by and large, most, you know, the, the large majority of the people would not think this is in any way acceptable. And they, they would say nothing justifies uh, uh, violence. Can I, can I ask you something, Patrick? Uh, you said that the union condemned it, but was still in somewhat involved in the way the employees deal with the situation. There's, a, there's something that they do in America, specifically New York, that I think is quite... I don't know how effective it is, but I think it's it's quite apparent. They have this giant blow-up rat. I don't know if you've seen pictures of this no. thing. Where they, they, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. It's Keep going. It's, so what they do is when the union, because New York's obviously a very union-heavy city, mm. they um, when the union gets upset about something because they've lowered wages or they, they didn't do something the union wanted um, or they're using 
people who are not unionized, what they end up doing is they take this blow up rat. It's a giant rat that gets blown up by like a, a small generator and they put it right in front of the business. So right in on the sidewalk, right in front of the business, that way everybody who walks by knows that those people have wronged the union. I mean, it's, it's kind of a effective. public shaming uh, kind yes. of thing. Mm. I think it's I think it's quite effective because whenever I see it, I'm like, those people really didn't, you know, are not playing ball with whoever. I mean, whether I agree with it or not, I don't know, but it's it's made me aware of the problem, you know. Versus, right. let's say. The, the stuff that happened at Air France, if they just kind of accepted it, no one would really know it's a problem unless, unless uh, people yeah. made a stink, you know? I think there are different ways of making a stink. And, you know, some people might just burn tires. Or uh, One of the issues is that the unions being as, uh, you know, because of the issue of the makeup of the unions, they make a stink a lot of the times it's not again if we take the us that a lot of people know as a point of comparison in the us when a union actually strikes it's a big issue it's a big problem because they do it usually when they they have renegotiations of the ongoing contracts for 5 of 10 or 10 years and it's it's a, it's a big problem and that means that they've actually tried to discuss with with the uh you know management but they didn't manage to find a solution in France, the, the default action is kind of to strike. So it, that, that big stink doesn't really have a, an impact, media impact anymore. Um, so I think that's why we get to bigger, uh, higher issues that, that people get frustrating, frustrated with because it, ironically, it, dimin- it diminishes the power of the union and then they have to do something more. Again, I'm not so saying that the union was responsible for what happened at that sure. Air France office. But. but but you say the the common attitude in France is uh, more of a knee-jerk reaction. Well, we don't like this. We're going to strike. Yeah. We're, not, uh, we're not just going to, let's try to figure it out. Let's try to find a solution that we don't strike. They're just like, we're just going to do it because that's what we know to do. That's how we're going to deal with the situation. Uh, I think it's it's a fair assessment. Um, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like when you look at the political parties. Um, in the you know initially when you talk just to your political party, you have to please your base, and you're going to be a little bit leaning towards your you know the extremes of your base a little bit more than when you go into a general election where you ha- start to you have to start pleasing everyone. So you're going to recenter a little bit. Well, the unions are only ever trying to please their base. And their base is usually, since it's uh, only a few people, a few percentage of of the population that is unionized, it's that extreme that they're serving all the time. So obviously, anytime anything happens, they're like, F everything, we're going to strike. So Let me ask you this question then. If someone goes on strike in France, is the company that they're striking against obligated to still pay them a salary? Yes. So that while they're on strike, they're still getting paid well, full salary. So I, I, okay, I don't want to say something uh, inaccurate. I'm not a hundred percent sure they have to pay the salary. They might not. But the first thing the union negotiates to return to work is payment of the salaries for the days they're on strike. Well, maybe that's the so. issue, right? Because yeah, yeah. No, I agree. They, it diminishes the the yeah. There, there are. A lot of issues there. I, I think we're getting a little bit away from the, 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 the question of the aggression specifically, but you're right. It 
pushes that uh, will to strike a lot more. Um, people just don't care. Honestly, I do think there, there are even... I'm not making this up and I'm not helping my case here. There are people who go on strike to celebrate a huge strike from a few years before. <laughs> so... <laughs> okay so yeah i i suppose there should there's something there but yeah but the aggression that happened in at air france what was the attitude at air france did they end up letting go of those people or is it still up in the air is there any resolution at this stage we don't have a res resolution there were five people who were arrested um and the everyone expressed i again 99 of the people expressed deep consternation uh, consternation uh about what happened uh, so what I'm, i guess what i'm trying to say is this is not representative of the french population it's a few extreme cases it's kind of a you know i i think i was reminded of of the conversation we were having i can't remember if you were there turkey um but it might have been with mahmoud after the um after the events of uh, Charlie Hebdo in the beginning of the year in in France uh there were we we were trying to gauge the uh attitude of of people in the arab world and we talked a lot about uh insults and how it's appropriate to take physical action and how people regard that physical action and you know the the whole concept of fighting words and stuff like that and something i think mahmoud mentioned which sort of Uh, uh struck me was of course they don't condemn uh, they don't uh, uh 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 oh what's the word uh not consent but they don't condone thank you i i'm thanking <laughs> myself they don't condone uh the actions of the terrorists but it's more of a well what did you think was going to happen feeling it's like you know you're poking the bear poking the bear and Of course, at some point, the bear does something that's going to turn out to be dramatic. Um, and he was mentioning this, you know, as, try, as a way to try and understand the feeling of some of the people in, uh, you know, the Arab world. And I think it's, it's a, an interesting way of looking at it, because for us, there is, when we look at this, there's nothing but uh, uh, revolt when we see this so i think if you reverse the situation obviously not it's it's not as bad and and it's not as uh uh horrible in any way but if you reverse the situation we look at it and think yeah of course it it sucks completely and it's unacceptable but it's on the level of if you you know you're going to poke those crazy people at some point one of them is going to do something stupid and we don't want those people here we don't want them to do it we don't want them to even exist but we know they do right so that's i think kind of almost a way of explaining uh our reaction towards the uber car burning and the that aggression and some other aggressions that we've seen before and it doesn't make them in any way acceptable or understandable we're very pissed off but we understand that, that that's something that might happen. Um, and just as that feeling doesn't make, uh, you know, the Arab world a bunch of terrorists, it doesn't make us in France in any way agree with the ones that 
were aggressive. So do you, oh, do, Turkey, does that it. help you understand you have, the feeling? You, or? you have no idea how much I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Please explain. Please tell me why. <laughs> because you're being so defensive. Well, it's... it's... You're, you're, you're an Arab now. Welcome to the world. <laughs> Well, you know, my horrible stereotype is car burning and and uh, shirt ripping. I, it's it's bad, but it's not building collapsing and uh, you know uh, journalist slaughtering. So welcome to our world, Patrick. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> but you know, you, you know, I, I'm trying to really get that parallel going, and it's it might be un, in, unfortunate because it's very different levels of intensity. But you get what you understand what I mean, Turkey, right? It's like I do, yeah. Of course, yeah. I do understand. I'm just, it's, I understand it too well. <laughs> <laughs> and I think maybe some Americans might also uh, understand that you know there are a lot of extremes in the U.S. as well. There are issues with gun control. There are issues with well Donald Trump recently and things like that. But I think it it might be a template for how some extremes color the image of a country in other situations as well. So anyway, um, all right, Turkey. I was hoping you were going to be enjoying this a little bit more and and. Uh, commenting uh, on it a little bit more, I, I don't need to comment i'm enjoying your reaction okay all <laughs> right fair enough you're reacting and and to be honest i can't argue with most of the stuff you said so all right so okay so i did a good job you know i i sort of thought about my thought process a lot with your I, what I knew your reactions would be in mind. So I kind of, you, you, you didn't, just by looking at me from, you know, afar, you sort of influenced my outcome. It's like you're, you're Schrodinger, Schro, I, I'm Schrodinger's uh, Patrick. Um, oh, all right, man. Turkey, tell, tell us about uh, McDonald's suing cockroaches or what's happening there <laughs> okay so right now on twitter there is a movement that is boycott mcdonald's um basically there's this guy in uh, wait, wait, wait 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 a second so you have mcdonald's what <laughs> <laughs> no that's i mean that's something that people might not know are you telling me there's a country without a McDonald's in this world? I don't world? know. Well, if there was one, I, I would have, I would not have been surprised if it was Saudi Arabia. Uh, no, Turkey, is, is of- there a is there a food franchise in Saudi Arabia called Hungry Bunny? Yes. This is something I don't think that exists. I don't know uh, exists in the rest of the world. Is a plate? There's a fast food chain called. Hungry Bunny in in uh, Saudi and some of the Middle Eastern countries. Yeah, I think it's a local brand. It's an interesting yeah. name. Um. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a few local br- brands here we have. Uh, so, but most of them are not international known, but they would be uh, popular in the GCC and maybe some Arab countries. Is, is, so is McDonald's, the, the, like it is everywhere else, probably one of the most popular, or is it just kind of like another, an, another fast food franchise? No, it's, it's one of the top most popular mm. fast food re- franchises and uh, there's a mcdonald's every 500 meters here in Riyadh, i think wow. Wow. Uh, and, so, and, and 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 you find an empty piece of land two months later you come there's a mcdonald's operating <laughs> there. i i swear i have no idea how they do this at all 
so obviously it's all halal food and all of that. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's uh, all halal. Uh so for McDonald's right now, so there's a boycott McDonald's movement on Twitter. And basically the reason for this is what happened. There's this guy in Jeddah city who went to a McDonald's and according to him, he, he ordered food and his Coke, he found a, a tiny cockroach inside his drink. Okay. So he complained to the municipality. The municipality did not respond. So he went ahead and he posted the photo on Twitter with CCing the municipality and reporting this, that he found a cockroach in his drink. So the next step is the municipality saw that photo and that tweet. They went to the restaurant that he reported the branch, and they shut down that branch. Their official wording, the municipality said, we went to the location, we confirmed the, the situation, and we closed down that branch. Confirmed the situation that there were cockroaches Running yeah, around? They, all they said, we confirmed the situation. Basically, okay. that means they did find that there was a problem in we, cleanliness or something in that re- branch. And we confirmed they, they were putting tiny cockroaches in every Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why wouldn't he Why wouldn't he approach McDonald's? Why would his first course of action be to pro- approach the municipality? Uh, uh, municipality, we are having a huge problems here in Saudi about monitoring so a lot of these restaurants, every type of brand, whether it's local brand, it's an international brand, it's a local, a small place, a huge place, a huge branch. Uh, it's, it's, it's a huge problem of cleanliness and taking care of the way that we don't have the standards that you would find in the West or in the States or in Europe and so on. So one of this is them, this is them trying to force, because if you go to the restaurant, they say, okay, no problem, here, take this. It won't improve, it won't fix anything. They will just shut you down and right. maybe so give you give money. So they'll give you a, a, yeah. a free meal yeah. and that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it won't fix the problem, it fixes his problem immediately, but not the problem as an overall problem. So the thing is, so they closed down the place, the next day, the guy got a phone call from McDonald's. Uh, I think no, on Twitter they got a tweet from McDonald's. They said, "You know what? We would like your phone number. We would like to talk to you about this and try to resolve it." And so he sent his phone number. Apparently, they tracked down his phone number. They figured out who he is, where he lives, and the next thing he knew, he got a call from the police asking him to come over to the station, where he was arrested. Oh, arrested. Uh, he was arrested. M- McDonald's has accused him of, uh, uh, what's the English word to share? Uh, Def- defamatory. Yeah, defamatory yeah. statement. Yeah, Libel, defamatory basically. Statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what they accused him with, and he ended up in jail. Wow. But is uh, that arrestable? Is, is that an arrestable yes, thing in Saudi? Saudi? it is. Yes, it is. So it if is, you have a business yeah. or, or something and I say... Oh, it's a it's a rubbish business because of this and this, and it's not true that I can get arrested. Yes, exactly. Well, apparently, even if it is true, because what he did did he do more? Like, did he just say there's a cockroach in my drink, or did he say McDonald's serves cockroaches for all their customers no, and they suck? No, no, no. He said in my drink I found a cockroach. So what happened after that is the guy to get out of jail he had to write a letter. That says that my name is this and this, and in regards of what happened 
from me against McDonald's about uh, publicizing this, that I would like to say that my accusations were not true. The cockroach, and it was a misunderstanding. A cockroach was there, <laughs> happened to be there because I did not take good care of my drink, and it from outside into my drink. <laughs> and it never came from inside the restaurant. So he had to write that, sign it, to get, and then he had to tweet that on his account to say it, that he was wrong and he's sorry and the company is completely innocent of any wrongdoings. Okay, so, so what's the reaction the, to that? Oh, go ahead, Paolo. No, I was going to ask. So I, the issue, I guess, suppose, is that he put it on Twitter. It wasn't that he made the state. It's yeah. that he put it on Twitter and then it was all public, I suppose. Yes. yes. Then McDonald's issued a statement that said, that they checked on it, and it turned out that the guy deliberately put the cockroach there <laughs> to try and, and take money out of the company, blackmail the company. So, okay, let's be very um, sort of, I don't want to say accepting, but it, it might be the case that he's trying to scam McDonald's. No. It's okay. not a scam because he reported McDonald's to the municipality. If he wanted to scam McDonald's, he would have purely targeted McDonald's without mentioning the municipality or asking for the municipality to come in and check the place out. Okay. So are people is that something that can easily happen in Saudi Arabia like the companies have free reign and free power I'm telling you if those managers had been beaten up a couple of times they would not <laughs> be doing that I uh, now the, the thing is so now there's a huge outrage on Twitter there's a huge movement that says uh, boycott McDonald's and uh, so on ah, right. uh, a, a lot of people are also asking the guy that was arrested to sue McDonald's because the fact that they issued a statement that say that he deliberately put the cockroach trying to blackmail, which is completely not what he wrote in his statement that to get out of jail, mm. is kind of them doing the same thing to him, what they accused him doing to them. Right. Because right. they posted his entire name and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so it's it's a huge situation right now against McDonald's. People are really pissed uh, on on the Twitter, and it's being talked about a lot. And and to be honest, this is an outrageous thing because it, we're not used to it. Usually, companies don't do this. They yeah, that's what not- I was going to ask. It it seems like uh, it. it- would be something it it okay it's painting a picture of you know one of those countries where you just pay the government and you can go arrest someone have someone arrested and you know yeah it's not good pr i don't know who it's, who who's the idiot in mcdonald's who thought it was a good idea to sue the guy and arrest him and right. make all of this fuss out of this because trust me this whole situation about a cockroach in a drink it's so common in saudi people would have forgotten it within one week Okay, so there's definitely an idiot behind this, and it's not okay. So, do you think the issue is 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 with with the way the system has handled it, or do you think the issue is with just the companies that are coming in and dealing with things badly? Uh, the, the situation is most of these problems we have them here in Saudi with these restaurants. Usually, is because a lot of these uh, people who work in these restaurants are. Uh, undereducated expats 
they are either from the subcontinent and uh, from other countries in Asia, and most of them don't have even the education. Some, more, a lot of them never even worked in fast food or anything, and the first thing they come here, that's what they put them to do. Mm. So, so they don't really know how to deal with things, and you don't have enough management to take care of it. So you have a lot of problems like this, and 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 this is not. Someone reporting, I found something. I swear, I, I, I'm on Twitter. There's a report about some company, some restaurant, some bakery, some place that had this or that in their food. It's very common, and it's, it's and I've never seen anybody suing anybody for it. So, so how does it, how did it get out of hand? An idiot in McDonald's decided okay. that he wants to make something out of this, and he decided mm. that this is the way to do it, and and and. Usually companies don't do this. This is the laws here are mostly used by individuals. If you attack an individual, then they usually to protect themselves and their reputation, they go and they sue you. Mm. It's rarely used by companies to sue you because you posted something like this. And and this McDonald's is not like the first time McDonald's have ever heard something like this. And to be honest, McDonald's had just crossed the line in what they did. And it's, 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 it's really, I'm really disappointed in what happened from mm. McDonald's my, from my point of view because I never thought they would go so low as doing this. And unless they have definite proof and putting a statement, oh, the guy did it and he confessed that's not proof that he did it if you arrest the guy then how is <laughs> of course he's going to confess you gave him a you choice know, it's, you it's, gave him a choice either stay in jail until you go to court or just confess and we'll get you out immediately yeah it's it it does reek of you know the spanish inquisition yeah. uh a little bit um but you know it's it's really interesting because you're it, it, you could tell me that it went, you know, that it was a situation for both things. And I would believe you basically, you could tell me, oh, yeah, that's how it works here. It's like the companies they, that, you know, anyone can get you erect, uh, erected, uh, arrested. <laughs> and then you, you have to say what they want you to say. And, and that's just the way it works. And I would believe you because I just, I guess I just don't know enough about the country. Um, if, and, and now you're telling me this is outrageous and people are, are very angry about it. And I also believe you because I just don't know. So I have to trust you on this. But, um, well, well, definitely. And, and I think McDonald's is going to be hurting for the next uh, few days and weeks, mm. both financially and from PR perspective, because they have done something. They, they could have as easily done it in a different way. Uh, Thank you for reporting this. We checked our restaurant. Yeah, of course, Apparently of course. There was a, a small problem. We took care of it. We promised you it's never going to happen. And you make a good PR for everybody that you actually looked at something and took care of it. Yeah. But uh, if you ever, ever go and accuse us of something, we're going to hunt you down and put <laughs> you in jail. I think the, the next... Uh, the next um, a, a Twitter thing should be that everyone reports cockroaches in their drinks from McDonald's. <laughs> Although that might be actual libel. But um. so, yeah, Turkey, was there a hashtag associated with this? Like, yes, it's boycott McDonald's. It's in Arabic. Okay. Ah, okay. So there, there is a trending hashtag in uh, Saudi. Let me see if it's trending highly right now. I'm, but I'm, it, it, it wasn't something weird like. Free the hot cockroach or... <laughs> <laughs> Free the cockroach. I like it. Uh, no, it wasn't something like that. Okay. 
All right. Uh, well, you will have to keep us appraised of the evolution of that cockroach situation. I'm very curious to see it. I'm sure McDonald's is going to do something, but um, we'll see. Let let us know in the next episodes. Uh, Paolo, what about Saudi? No, what? damn it. <laughs> what about South Africa? You know, they don't even use SA in their domains or anything. Why are you mixing Saudi? I don't know. We don't know. Z, they use, yeah, Z. I'm, I, just for that reason so we don't get it confused yeah exactly and it, obviously it doesn't work turkey you're not only influencing my testimony about the aggression uh employee aggressive employees you're also influencing my perception of the world it's the the the, the saudi's evil magic at work go ahead Paolo. so Something, and I, I hope I do the story justice, is because it's it's become quite a serious one here. Um, they, um, this, the the government has um, started changing taxes in, in in South Africa, and one of the things that has come out is that a lot of the universities that are subsidised by the government um, are increasing uh, their student fees. Uh, it's not an unusual thing around the world. Universities increase their fees as years go by. Um, and uh, I want to disappoint you for a minute. Uh, education, college education is free in Saudi. They actually pay you yeah. a salary to go to college. And and it's free in some in some other countries in Europe. Oh, I know that. But and, and wait, wait a second. Sorry, they pay you to go to college? Yes, they pay you a monthly salary to go to nice. college. Nice. Well, I guess <laughs> when you need a more educated uh, population, that's... Uh, Good way to spend your oil money. Um, yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Keep going, Paolo. Um, so one of the things that uh, happened was a lot of students started to protest um, f for good reason. Uh, you know, the, the, the income level of, of a lot of students who are going to university these days isn't extremely high. And a lot of them at this point, we call them the born freeze because they were born free after 1994, after Mandela and everything happened, um, which makes them a very unique part of our country, right? They, they weren't influenced directly like a lot of other people from the past were by, by the previous government. And um, they, they have been protesting, and it's turned quite ugly, um, Or it started at one university, one of our main universities um, called Wits. Sorry, let, let me interrupt you for just a second on that uh, term of born free. How do they, how are they defined? I mean, how, all oh right, they weren't influenced uh, by the pre-Mandela, pre-freedom era, obviously, but how does it, does it uh, shape their, their reasoning or their thought process? Or what do you define when you're saying a born free? Uh, what are they? So the, the, the main difference, obviously, is they weren't, there's still obviously residual effects, but they weren't subject to direct um, government um, discrimination. Discrimination. Yeah, so they course. weren't part of that, re that regime that said, you can't do this because of the race you are. You can't, they're, they're so, in a world now that they can. Okay, yes, there's still some residual effects from the past of, caused a lot of people in that um that that don't have the same opportunities so that others so do. so they were born after the apartheid was uh, abolished 
Yes, sorry, I should have made that more clear yeah, that's there. What, that's after, what after 1994, when the apartheid came to an end, um, new government took hold and it's a democratic government. And these children who are now going to use university are at the age range, the majority of them at least, are at the age range of being born free because they were born after 1994. So that means they're more likely to protest or to... No, not, not not necessarily. No? Protest has been a part of, uh, has been something that has been a part of our history for a long time because during the apartheid era there there was no ability for people to have a voice, especially those who were d discriminated against. One of the things they would do would be protest. And it generally didn't end very well for them, but it was the only power they had. So it's it's become very much part of the South African culture to protest. Um And the born frees have just kind of taken that on board. And look, the students are not all born frees. I mean, there's there's still a lot of students who who are older than that, and and they're using it as a tool to have a voice. Because okay. with the current government, <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people feel like they have a voice because it's kind of they're they're the big cheese in, in the room. They have the majority of the vote. They have the majority of parliament. And it's very difficult to do something that they dislike, right? So if they say the budget, the budget is going to be this, everybody has to deal with it because the current, current government um, is, is such a majority. You know? how, how is the, the current government? Is it representative of the population or is it predominantly white or... No, it's, it's, it's very, I think, representative of the population in terms of race, um, majority being black, and the majority of people in, in the current government, which is the ANC, um, is, is black. And they were the ones who liberated, they were the party that liberated um, <clears throat> South Africa. They were, they were given the credit for doing a lot of the legwork there. And... Um, They're still in power in government today. The ANC has a majority, like I said. And um, unfortunately, what's happened is over time, they've become very corrupt, very persuaded by money and, and you know, companies. And, and it has skewed from what the, what the people want and what they had promised the people pre-'94. So I think there's a lot of people who feel like they've been wronged, but they don't know really where to turn to other than the ANC. And that's where a lot of people turn to protest. So that's, you mean it's sort of getting out of the strictly uh, uh, university fees question and becoming a more, a wider protest about the government or... Well, me personally, I think that's where it's turning. You know, it's becoming a bigger issue because what happened was they set the fees up. They gave the budget speech. The budget speech barely mentioned what was going on with the protest because they basically were trying to storm parliament, get inside parliament. To, the students were trying to go, get inside parliament. They went to the union buildings. And, and, and during all of this, they, the, the ANC kind of didn't really acknowledge it. And it made the situation worse, obviously, because they were just kind of like, it'll go away, whatever, you know. And, mm. it and got it's not worse. going away. No, it, it got, look, it's kind of subsided now because what the, what the president did um, was talk to a lot of the, uh, the student uh, bodies that were kind of running the show of, of these uh, protests 
and um, they agreed to settle on zero fees increases. Oh, but, so they, they went back on what they wanted to do. Yes, which is good for the students, but the, the, there's still an underlying issue, and it seems as though people, even though they got what they wanted, they're still not exactly happy. They're not happy with the current situation. They're not happy with how the government dealt with it. So it'll be interesting. What do they want, the, though? Because they got I, the best thing they could hope for, right? They got the complete cancellation of the raise of the fees. Right. And, and I suppose it, it's just kind of a beacon to other problems that, that have happened in the country where the government should have sort of, they should have made, uh, I mean, I don't know if I, I agree with this at this stage, but the people are looking for free education. They're looking for a free university to, to attend. You know, that's what they were promised in a lot of ways. And it's not getting fulfilled. And I guess it highlights other issues like there's service delivery issues in the country and there's um, problems with uh, people who have had no opportunity and still have no opportunity uh, and they're, they're disgruntled, you know. Uh, well, I was wondering, I've, I've been hearing a lot of complaints in South Africa about the current government, but why hasn't it changed So well, it's, 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 it's not something new. Like I've been hearing it now for the last few years. It, it's a good question because what's happened culturally in South Africa is the ANC were the liberators. They are a party that liberated South Africa and they did the, a good job and they, they got us out of a, a horrible situation. But they've, like I said, they've, they've not been doing the best job recently and People are upset with it, but because they're so sold on the idea that they must vote ANC, especially people who don't have a brilliant education, don't have a lot to their name, don't have a real good understanding of politics, all they know how to do is vote ANC. And there are some new parties that are starting to um, emerge. Um, one of them is called the EFF, and they are economic freedom fighters. That's what they call themselves. And they are very, very um, socialist in their points of view. They want to socialize everything. You know, it's, it's very much the other extreme of everything. And um, they're starting to gain a lot of traction, but not enough to convince the average voter to, to change their vote from ANC because they think voting against ANC is... A, is Almost betrayals. Yes. Sacrilege. Exactly. It's sacrilege. Yeah. So it's, they, it's, I, I, I've talked to a lot of people who, who vote ANC, or I've talked to a fair amount of people who, who vote ANC, and if they would ever change their vote, and they would rather not vote than huh. change their vote, you know, guess, which is not the solution either, but that's the way they see it. They're, if they're unhappy with somebody who's in that position or the, the, the current president or whatever, whatever the ANC is doing, they're not going to say, oh, I'm going to vote for so-and-so because I think they might do a better job. They're just like, I'm not going to be involved at all. I'm curious, do the born freeze have the same state of mind or do they not care that ANC well, this is, is the interesting. This is the interesting thing is because the older generation are, are, are held on to this idea of, of being a part of this This, this group and the born freeze, even though they have influence from their parents and people who, who, who are very strong ANC supporters, they may, be, they may have the ability to start looking at the situation a little bit better because they also have better edu access to education. You know, they are a little bit more 
educated, there there is a larger majority of them that can see the picture in a better light. And I personally right. think that they are going to be voting in other directions. What direction, I can't tell you, but I, I think that it is going to change the way the ANC operates because they're going to lose their majority eventually and they're going to have to change the way they operate, which is what democracy is all about. Yeah, it's it seems like from what you're saying, this is sort of the 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 generational shift that is starting to happen where ANC should start thinking that they can't just keep relying on the the sort of the image they've had from 94 and now some people are going to start to eat away at their um I want to say heritage almost not their heritage but I mean uh Ah, in French, it's héritage. It's a uh, legacy. Well, not even yeah. legacy. Like basically, yes, you understand. I yeah, and, and and the thing is, they they have to. They they're getting to a point now where they can't point the finger anymore. Um, they still point the finger a lot to the past, but it's it's one of those things where there's a million potholes, let's say, in the road, and they say, well, the previous government is the problem. And it's like not really. I mean, there's a pothole on the road. You fill the pothole, you fix it. You know, that's that's a simple solution to an uncomplicated problem. And they they're running out of time to 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 point that finger. You know, they've got to really start resolving issues like the the one with the student protests where they should have dealt with it they sh i mean if that's what the students want they should be uh, managing the funds in the universities better you know and that's the core of where that problem is is they could do a zero percent increase on fees but they've just got to manage how they allocate fees in the universities better and they didn't really care so they just let it run the way they it was going to run and 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 it's just mismanagement really right Okay, um, I guess that is about uh, about it for our stories. I don't think it was. It wasn't, as I was saying, it wasn't a huge month for uh, for world news. Um, but uh, unless Turkey has some, I guess this is a, you already told us about your funny story from Saudi Arabia. It served both <laughs> purposes. So I think that is going to be it for our show today. Um, thank you so much, guys, for being on. Um, can you please let us know where people can find you if they want more of Paolo or Turkey, starting with Paolo? Well, you can find me, uh, uh, I'm not super active on Twitter, but you can find me on uh, Josie Paolo. Uh, on Twitter, and uh, you can find me on the same um, handle on Instagram. So Josie Paolo is uh, is my handle on Instagram. I'll have the spelling in the show notes. It's uh, but it's J O Z E I I J, J O Z E. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Turkey, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Turkey Albala T U R K I A L B A double L double A. Can you say that again faster? <laughs> At T U R K I A L B A double L double A. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, if you want to hear more Turkey, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, there's also the uh, special from a few, a couple of weeks ago uh, called A Day in Riyadh, uh, which you can go listen to. As I mentioned, I thought it, it turned out pretty well and uh, listeners seem, seem to think so as well. So uh, you can go and listen to that. It's in the feed, obviously, and on the site 
frenchspin.com, which is the site where I host my uh, English language shows. The French ones are at frenchspin.fr. You can go check that out if you speak the language or not and just want to have fun listen to me speaking French. Um, And of course, I am not Patrick on Twitter. I'm also not Patrick on Facebook. Um, I'm I'm trying to think when I want to do the next special episode, but we'll see if it happens in uh, in November or not. I'm not certain yet. So uh, if it doesn't, we'll be back with a regular episode at the end of the month. And of course, uh, you remember that you can support us on Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. If you basically the special episodes were uh, I initially set them as a milestone um, on the Patreon. Uh, I ended up wanting to do them too much. So I just went ahead and and did it anyway. Uh, But we're not incredibly far for from that milestone. So if you think the show is is interesting and uh, brings you a little bit of a different perspective, a perspective you wouldn't get in the regular uh, media, at least that's what we're trying to do. So if you think it works, please do consider uh, going to the Patreon and uh, giving out a a buck or two. Uh, If you can spare them, it would be very much appreciated. If you can't do that, then maybe you might want to consider uh, telling people about the show, people who you think might appreciate it uh, or not. You never know. They might think it's it's a boring show and not realize that it's super fun. And we talk about, I believe I didn't really quite listen to what Turkey was saying, but I think it was a cockroach suing McDonald's. I think that's what he was talking about. So there you go. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for supporting uh, on us on Patreon. If you do so, I love you forever and immensely. And we will talk to you again in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Um, so what's the program for the next few months, Paolo? You're in, you're in Saudi Arabia? You're staying there? <laughs>